Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and you're listening to Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, a podcast all about giving you simple and sustainable strategies to help you live your happiest, healthiest and most peaceful life. In today's podcast, I have a fascinating discussion with Jordan Harbinger, former Wall Street lawyer and host of one of the most interesting and informative podcasts that will challenge and grow you, The Jordan Harbinger Show. We have a very important discussion about hustle culture as one of the most toxic forms of self-help out there that generally just leads to burnout, resentment, self-loathing, alienation, disillusionment, depression. And we also talk about way better alternatives to hustle culture and so much more. Just before we begin, I want to remind you that you can listen to exclusive ad-free content on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash Dr. Caroline Leaf. You'll get bonus episodes, ad-free content, and even Q&As with me. And as always, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Please always consult with your personal physician or appropriate medical personnel for medical issues. And now, on to today's podcast. Jordan, it's so great seeing you again. You were one of the first people that I interviewed. We were talking about this just before we started, when I started my podcast over two years ago. And since then, your wife was just about to have a baby. You now have your second baby. Congratulations. And you're Thank in your you. new house and you're just steaming, you full steam ahead. So it's a pleasure to talk to you again. Yeah, it's a good point in my life. You know, I'm 42 and I like finally feel like I'm starting to get it together, which is good. Because you know, when you're a kid, when you're younger, I don't know if you remember or if you felt the same way, but I was like, I'm unemployable. I'm not useful. How am I going to adult? And now I'm like, oh, I, I get it now. Kind There's of, something, at least. There, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. There's something about that that year in the 40s, and I'm 58, actually. So if you get, and I look at my 20-year-olds, and I, my kids are between the age of 24 and 30, and my son-in-laws are, go up to sort of 36, and I, and I can see a definite shift. I remember the 20s when things are just, amazingly intense but and deep thinking but there's you still feel like you're all over the place and there's a shift definitely around 40 where you start thinking hey you know what i'm okay with myself it's it is interesting things coming together you also say in one of your i think it was one of your podcasts where you feel that you're at the point where four years ago you were unemployed you got your business going you've got two kids and there's just been such a shift in your past four years yeah that's for sure yeah the past few years so I left another business that was that was quite successful and I had to start over essentially from zero and my business partners and I weren't getting along at that point and I was just like well I want to go in this direction they wanted to go in this totally different direction and it became irreconcilable so we came up with an amicable split that they then did not honor and then they were so I was out like without any sort of resources or so I thought and then I started to become mildly successful getting stable doing that. And then they decided to sue me because I think they didn't want me to succeed because it would have looked bad for them if I were successful. So they sued me. Luckily, I am also an attorney. So I did a lot of the heavy lifting and the litigation with my other attorneys. So my legal bills were low and as far as legal bills go, and they didn't, they didn't win their, their lawsuit. And so they spent a ton of, it was such an interesting exercise in business and ego because they threw hundreds of thousands of dollars in, of legal money out the, you know, just hundreds of thousands of dollars of money out the window. They probably spent untold number of hours dealing with it instead of focusing on their business. And now my new business after four years is something like 20 times larger in terms of revenue of the previous business. 
so, which I didn't really expect either. You know, I thought, oh, maybe I'll be like one third or one fourth of the way there. It'll be fine. I'll survive. It'll be great. At least I won't be dealing with them. And and it just shows you it. It does. It's one of those things in life where you go, shoot, if I'd left earlier, how would things have ended up for me? You know, like you think it's going to be bad and then it ends up so good. It makes you kind of kick yourself for not do, pulling the trigger earlier on. It's I, I assume it's like that with a lot of jobs. People take way too long to quit a job. They finally leave. They think, oh my God, I'm screwed. And then a year later, they're doing so much better. They're like, man, I, I stayed five years too long in that old crusty office or whatever it was that, you know, with my boss yelling at me or whatever it was. And so that's how I feel about this. I'm sure. Well. But at the same time, we never know if we go back and we see that could have been the worst time that the shift, it's, it's like, it's one of those unknowns, isn't it? And we can oh, yeah. all relate to that. I mean, that's happened mm-hmm. to us as well, where you think, oh gosh, this is amazing. I wish I had left earlier, but is that the right thing? So, but it's mm-hmm. good to question. It's good to be curious. And that was a leading question. I led into that because one of the things you have a phenomenal blog. I mean, everything, your podcast, everything. You have Thank a you. mind that I love because you're just curious about everything and you're interested in everything. And nothing frightens you. You're not scared to go down directions. And that's really good mm-hmm. for us in this, especially in this political climate and this world that we're living where people are so, you know, scared to look at other, to, look, to consider other opinions and other ways of thinking. But I specifically wanted to ask you that question because you have written a very passionate blog that really caught my attention about mm-hmm. hustle culture. And funnily enough, it's come up so much recently in questions and interviews that I've been doing recently as well. So I thought this is, you you just verbalized it so well. So I'd love to dive in and talk about this problem of hustle culture because you verbalize sure. it, as I said, so well. And then the whole toxic self-help and how we've got toxic positivity. I mean, these things all link in. And the other reason why I selfishly want to do it is I do a lot of conference speaking and things, and I've been really concerned as well about this massive thing of there's this person standing on the stage owning 10 Rolls Royces, and they're saying, you know, write your dream, and, you know, this is a – I'm just so tired of that kind of philosophy, and I'm sitting there thinking, do I really have to be part of this conference? What am I doing here? So then I go up on the stage and I start talking about, you know, there are steps involved in between, (laughs) you know, and that's not the only goal. So it is close to my heart, this conversation. So. Can we dive in? Yeah, with, let's dive let's, in. Yeah. Let's, why do you call it hustle culture or what is hustle culture? Yeah. What, the reason I, I didn't make up the term hustle culture, but one of the reasons why I, I use the term hustle culture is because it's almost like there is, there's kind of this underlying philosophy, and I'm using that term very loosely, of rise, you know, rise and grind or, and, and, or more pejoratively motivation porn. Right. And, and I say that with the idea that it really, that's really kind of what it is, is like young people will say, I need to watch these videos every morning. I need to listen to these motivational podcasts. And this, this hustle culture glorifies what I would consider to be basically nonstop labor and brute force drive and it looks like resilience, but it's just blind resilience and publicizing that effort by constantly constantly telling other people about how hard you're working and what you're sacrificing, even if what you're sacrificing is kind of like your sanity and your friends and things like that. And, and hustle culture creates its own products and services in, in a way, right? So you'll if you look on YouTube and you search for grind or hustle, you're going to see a montage of Will Smith and Robert Downey Jr. And I don't even know the rock jogging and running and jumping rope and stuff with the motivational music behind it. And and that alone is not that bad. Fine. Get pumped up for your workout, but baked into the idea or into the ugly subtext of hustle culture is that the untruth is that it's possible to just like rise up and break through and improve your situation in every area if you were just motivated enough. And and that's really not true. Not that it's not possible to break through or grind your way out of a bad situation, but the idea that you can excel in everything if you're just motivated enough is actually quite toxic because it doesn't take mere motivation to be good at something or to succeed in something and what these videos and and coaches and these types of people do is they tap into this universal longing or this feeling of less than that most people have inside them. And they use it to sell you something, even if it's just an idea. And I find that kind of dirty and disres- and 
it, it's ugly. It's it's ugly. It's dirty, and it, it's a little bit of a con, actually. Rest is essential for both our brain and body. It is important part of a balanced lifestyle. Personally, when I find myself with a few minutes to spare, I love to unplug for a bit, de-stress, and lose myself in best fiends. This amazing puzzle game is one of my favorite ways to treat my brain to a much-needed recharge. It's like a mental spa day, but one I can enjoy wherever I go. Best Fiends, that's friends without the R, is a mobile puzzle game that is free to download and super engaging. The game features tons of cute characters that can help you solve thousands of fun puzzles. The more you play, the more characters you collect, and the more you win, the more challenges you face. I personally love games like Best Fiends because they can trigger a double dose of dopamine in the brain, which is otherwise known as the brain's favorite feel-good juice, and they can be a great way to build the brain through learning, which increases our mental resilience. I'm currently on level 450 called the Grim Guardian, and I'm getting closer to saving the land of minutia from all those bad slugs. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. The link in detail will be in the show notes. A little bit of a big con, I totally agree with you, because you, you actually very well, you identify nicely here that eventually these people that you've known that have got caught up in this whole thing, they experience things like burnout, resentment, self-loathing, alienation, disillusionment, depression, directionlessness. And I, I honed in on those because if I look at just some of the situations that the conference situations and just people's the, the emails I get and just being in the sphere I am, I get a lot of people saying that I'm totally burnt out and they describe those feelings and then you can't, and they say, but I've done all these things and, and I've spent all this money on these products and I was, I wrote down my dream and I had my vision mm-hmm. board and I put in the 40 hours a night if, you know, it, which is you know, not possible. And I'm sure. still, and I'm a failure. I'm worthless. I'm full of shame. And, you know, that's kind of disturbing because it, it, that, that's really disruptive to people's mental health. And it's almost created a whole, it, it's a, a whole legion of people out there like this. A hundred percent agree. A hundred percent agree. The, the problem is not, hey, be motivated and get things done. The problem is it's almost like uh, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction or the yin and yang, depending on if you want to get spiritual or scientific with it. What this, What I mean by that is, Let's say that you do work really hard, but something doesn't work. Well, according to hustle culture's commandments or gospels or whatever you want to call it, if we want to, because it is sort of a pseudo religion to the people that, that, that peddle this stuff. If you don't devote your life to getting up at 4.30 in the morning, taking a picture of your watch, putting it on Instagram and tagging the Navy SEAL guy that showed you this idea, it's because you're scared or you're lazy or you're entitled or you're unworthy of success. And that is really bad news. And a lot of sort of culty groups, like bad MLM, multi-level marketing type companies will do that. They'll go like, well, if you didn't make money, it's because you're not working hard enough. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Your system has 99.7% failure rate. Is it really me? And then the guru who's trying to sell you more protein shakes is going to be like, yeah, it's you. And, and what they're telling you is if you don't work 23 hours a day, it's because you don't deserve success. And that's why you're not actually successful. And that's toxic as heck, because the idea that work is good and work is success or, or equals success, that basically says that work is the only way to have a fulfilling life. And the more, the better. And that is complete nonsense. And as you know, is a recipe for pure misery. Absolutely. And you talk about how they get away with this by appealing to that dream. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about the, the the dream. They kind of sell you a dream, and that dream is, you know, that one video you showed on your and that this particular blog of that guy with his whatever car, Lamborghini or something in the in the garage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's just like it's the end product, but the process is never really emphasized. And you know, I see this in, and I'd love you to talk about that. But I see this, and I wonder if you, I'm sure you have in religious environments as well. That there's this almost like God is a genie kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, if you just believe hard enough. You know, so it's translated into so many different kind of environments, but it's so dangerous. It is. It's. It, you know what it reminds me of, Doc, is when, you know, those people that say, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. And if somebody, I remember there was a rabbi told me this, he was a Hasidic Jew, so Orthodox, I would even say ultra Orthodox rabbi. And he said, I'm going to give a lecture on why bad things happen to good people. And I was like, that's an interesting philosophical question. I'll stick around for this. And the answer was not some sort of deep and I know I'm putting the words in a, in a lot of mouths here of, of religious folks. So I don't mean to do that and paint with too broad of a brush. But the the answer in short was sometimes 
good people just aren't really good people. And maybe they beat their wife when the doors closed. And that's why a bad thing happened to them. And I was like, what about a kid who's three and died of starvation and a horrible disease in Africa? And he was just like, well, maybe their parents did something. I'm like, well, wait a minute. So if my parents did something bad, why is that my fault? I'm a baby. And he's like, it just, there was just no, I, I won't even go through the gymnastics of what he was trying to tell me because there's no good answer to this. And hustle culture, while not doing the exact same thing, is very similar where it's like, well, if if you aren't successful, it's because you didn't work hard enough. Really? Maybe your business just wasn't timed properly, didn't have good advisors, experience, your experience level wasn't good enough. The market shifted and changed. Supply chain became an impossible thing, which is a thing happening right now. There was a global pandemic. Are you going to tell restaurant owners that they didn't work hard enough or, or when, when so many of them went under, did the restaurants that survived, were they just the ones that worked extra hard? I don't really know about that. And it's so when these, the idea that work equals success and the, and, and everything with the hustle culture, it really does sort of not hold up to scrutiny at all. When you shine a light on these ideas, they just don't hold up. But on this, at the same time, hustle culture, quote unquote, works because it preys on this blob of impulses, right? People want to succeed. They're afraid to fail. They want to be admired and they want to feel fulfilled. And it's like, well, hey, why, why go through all the complicated steps of finding out who you are and what drives you and what sort of gives you purpose in life? Let's just tell people that it's really simple and it's just about working hard because it's easy to digest that for people that aren't really thinking about it. And that's that's problematic. It's the same thing as a predatory business scheme where you say, you know, why go through all the trouble of starting your own thing when you can buy this starter kit for $600 that you don't have? And if you buy this, then you'll be a part of my business and I'll mentor you. It's just people selling quote unquote easy solutions and then blaming you for the failure of those solutions when they turn out to be nonsense by putting the blame on you, the onus on you as the person who's supposed to execute when really they're just setting you up for failure. It's kind of like the mental health system paradigm, which individualizes the person and saying there's something wrong with you and your brain when you have X symptoms. Meanwhile, we've forgotten all about the environment that we cannot get away from. I mean, every moment mm. that you're, from the moment you're a certain age in the womb to whatever age you're at now, you're being environments influencing you. It's encoding into your wiring, into your brain, and you're showing up because of that environment. We've got to turn, learn how to edit that code, but we need help and support, but the environment can't be removed from the equation. So mm -hmm. it's like you can't, you, you've got to consider that that's what they're not considering. They're just not, cons they're just looking at, the, there's the end goal, there's the, the, forget the environment, forget what you're right. in. So you, you've got that, that person, I mean, I just, these people spend thousands to go to these conferences. Mm -hmm. And the only person who's getting the money is the few people on the stage, which are the percentage. And that's, and that, then that is, I mean, I'm using the stage as the example. But sure. you also, you talk about this, that it's not just the, the Rolls Royces or the Lamborghinis and the, it's, it's so physical that, that they're focusing on and that people, it's so easy for what about that person who's there who scraped together that money who can barely feed their family? That is a very unrealistic goal to have a, want a Lamborghini. You know, but that's kind of, <laughs> yeah. I know that's facetious that I'm, what I'm saying, but it's like unrealistic sets of goals. And you said something so fascinating that they just sell you enough on the idea that you actually don't quite succeed. So you need to come back for more. Sure. So you almost get there, but you, can you talk a bit about that? Cause that was sure. quite fascinating. If, if you, if you sell, if I sell you an idea that doesn't quite work, but gives you a taste, right? So I'm selling you the destination, first of all, and not the journey. And once you get a glimpse of the destination, I can make it look like you're progressing towards that if I'm giving you some sort of mentorship, right? I'm like, get up at 4.30 a.m. every day. Wow, didn't you feel productive today? Great, okay, now switch your diet. And, and you know, maybe you're losing a little bit of weight. That's great. Now look, these are good changes, but are they really bringing you closer to business success or a sports car? Not necessarily. Now, these changes might be something that come in with short-term results. They might be something you keep for the rest of your life. And again, that's great. Look, but if I'm dangling a fancy car and a jet and a house, I'm trying to shift your focus to the end result. And if I can consistently do that, then I don't have to really worry about whether or not you're really going to get there because, of course, you're not going to make... 10, 20, $30 million. And by the way, if you do, I'm going to take credit for that. I've gone to a lot of these sort of self-help seminars to either write about it or to check it out or on the recommendation of friends. And 
There are seminars, and I, I, I'm going to try hard not to mention any names here. There are seminars, though, where let's say they'll say, oh, yeah, so-and-so was in my seminar in 2009, and now he runs Salesforce. And I'm like, let's not pretend that you gave Mark Benioff, the CEO, the founder of Salesforce, the idea for the company, and you're jumping up and down on stage and slapping each other in the face or whatever the hell the drill was, was the reason that Salesforce took off and became a multi-billion dollar company. That's ridiculous. But for every for every Mark Benioff who went to a self-help seminar once in his life, right? And that guru's taking credit for it. There are hundreds or at least tens of thousands of people that went to that same seminar over the past 15 years and never did anything with any of that stuff. Exactly. So, <laughs> so felt guilty and shame. Right. They just felt bad about it. Yeah. They felt bad about themselves and it was very toxic for them. So that, and that's the majority of the response, but then they keep going back. And you also mentioned about how very often these are schemes. You mentioned pyramid scheme, but very often how these are, you sign up for the masterclass and you get, you become part of the group, the kind of, so you sign in for a year and you're doing your monthly payments and you're going to get that mentoring concept. Mm. So there's a lot of keeping them in the fold. And I, I mean, that's not a bad idea if people are getting the kind of advice that you also talk about in, in the blog when I was practicing, this is one of the things that I would also have as a principle is that um, you're not meant to be with me forever. The whole idea is for me to empower you right. to be able to, you know, get, get on with your life kind of thing. And you talk about empowerment versus entrapment. I don't even know if you use yes. the word entrapment. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 one of the other major issues I have with hustle culture is, well, let me back up a little. High performers, like the successful people that you and I both know, we don't, I don't want to say we, that sounds a little self-serving. They, right, these these amazing people that we know, they don't work really hard and start a multi-million dollar company so that they can fly first class to Berlin or rent a Lamborghini or even buy one, with the exception of a few car guys who really enjoy their stuff or watch guys. You know, most people who are high performers, they want, they they get the meaning from their work, not from the result of their work. The result is what people see but they get meaning from the work. And hustle culture actually just traffics in negative emotions, right? Where it's like, if you don't have these things, then you can't be fulfilled. And that's just not true. There are so many people doing amazing things out there that are running a nonprofit and they're not going to ever buy a Lamborghini and they're far more fulfilled than the guys I used to work with on Wall Street who have three Lamborghinis and are depressed and can't get out of bed in the morning because they have nothing to look forward to. If you consume this, this kind of negative self-help or hustle culture material and you feel bad after that's a really good sign that it's toxic. You know, if you're listening to your show or my show, ideally you feel good after or you feel empowered, like you said. But if you feel like, man, I'm so far away from everything, I'm never gonna be able to do X, Y, Z, then that's the marketing getting under your skin enough to keep poking you. It's like a sliver, like a little metal sliver or a wood sliver, and it's gonna constantly irritate you. They do that on purpose, it's not something that's, a, it's not the kind of thing where you eat a cheeseburger and you go, okay, I feel kind of gross. I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to get back to healthy eating tonight. I'm going to eat a salad for dinner. Remember how you feel right now, Jordan. Don't eat a cheeseburger again. Next time you want a cheeseburger, share it with one of these guys and remember this disgusting, too full feeling. That's positive. Negative, though, is you're. Look at that person's body. You're ne it would take you years to get there, and the only way that you can do it is from coaching from this guru, and it's $4,000 a, a year. That's what they're trying to do. They want to get those slivers in your, under your skin, in your brain, and teach you these little shortcuts as, a, as separate from skills. They're not usually teaching you skills. They're teaching you shortcuts and hacks, and the reason they're doing that is because if they can keep doing that and trick, they trick you into thinking you're getting closer to the results then you're going to feel like you're, they're going to have you on the hook. The problem is even if you got the results tomorrow, magically wave a magic wand, you still don't have the fulfillment. And that's the part that you really should be looking for in your work. It's the fulfillment. So you doing what yeah. you're doing for the fulfillment and, and working the hours, but not, not doing the hustle, but but getting that sense of fulfillment. And there are mm -hmm. days you work hard. I'm sure these days where you do have 15-hour days, but then you're very aware of that, if I'm reading you correctly, because that's kind of what I do, the days where things do just 
get really exciting and things mm-hmm. just happen. Then the next day, I'm very deliberate about, okay, let's just be normal because your creativity yeah. would have dropped because we can't handle 15-hour days. That's a, that's an interesting point. I live in Silicon Valley, so I'm around all these startup culture, and I used to live in San Francisco. And so I, you know, those guys are guys and gals are young, and they're in their 20s and 30s. But in their mind, a 16-hour workday is twice as productive as an eight-hour workday. Now, I don't know about you. I'm 42. You said you were in, in your late 50s. There's no way a 16-hour day is as productive as two eight-hour days for me. That Those days are long gone if they ever existed, and frankly, I don't think they did. No, and you, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because you also comment on that in your, in your blog because that is our body can't handle that. Our brain gets tired, mm-hmm. our body gets tired, and our conscious mind gets tired. Our non-conscious mind's constantly going. It never stops. But you, can't, you, you have to take those breaks, and mm-hmm. otherwise you land up with burnout. So if you look at Silicon Valley your neighbors and your surrounding, look at the rates of depression and anxiety and oh, burnout yeah. and mental health issues. And in these kids that these, I mean, they literally are kids, 20, 25, 30 youngsters that are burnt out at the at, and depressed and broken by the age of 30 because they're just exhausted. And your productivity does drop off. I mean, scientifically, that is a fact. If you go over those eight, maybe nine hours and you do the 15 hours, I don't know if you found this, Jordan, but the next day I will sit down and I've got to be super creative in a podcast or I'm doing research or clinical trials, whatever I'm doing that requires Mm -hmm. intense creativity and concentration. I'm bad at it. I mean, like my team will say, okay, like this is a terrible podcast or that's a terrible TikTok or my research team's going, okay, like you're a bit slow today. And I'm thinking I'm okay, but I'm not. And this is what we've got to realize. And the hustle culture is saying, no, ignore that. Keep pushing through. Mm -hmm. You'll be fine, but you're not. You're eventually just going to collapse. Precisely. And and that goes back to our point about failure, where we were saying they keep you on the hook. Hustle culture sort of scammer types, they they actually they don't just encourage you to to fail under the guise of pursuing success. They actually need you to fail because that's what keeps you coming back for more. And and in addition, hustle culture in, in this kind of these kinds of cons or these kinds of scammers, they don't really care what makes you happy or excited or fulfilled. That's completely outside the equation. It's not interested in you, and they are not interested in you as an individual human. It's a, this sort of one-size-fits-all, smash the square peg through the round hole to, to sell you this one-dimensional product, which is work more, work harder, and if you don't, watch the, then just watch this guy doing flips off of a yacht. This could be you right? It, it's just, they want to do as much of that as possible to distract you from, from doing what might actually fulfill you outside of pursuing success, which is really bad because I'm sure you spend tons of time talking about this as well, but we want people to explore their unique passion. We want people to double down on, on their rare abilities if they have any, or create those skills that, that are the, the, the raw material of rare abilities. But hustle culture is like, no, just do more work, which is so interesting because doing more work of the generic variety, especially this commoditizes what you're already doing. So if you're really good at one thing and they're telling you to ignore that, they're basically taking you out of the the last mile where there's very little traffic and putting in you, you into this herd of other people all going for the same thing where there's a lot more competition to do pretty much the exact same thing. And they're shaming you if you don't do that. So they're taking you further away from success. But again, they don't care. And in fact, that's what they want because that's what keeps you buying and listening and watching their crap. Exactly. I'm sure that probably read this figure, but it was about five or six years ago that I read that the self-help industry is about a $45 billion per annum industry. It's probably about 60 by now because this is going back around five years ago. And it's for exactly the reasons you've just said that they get you to into the middle lane and out of that outside lane where real creativity happens and you get stuck in the grind. And so we don't progress and then we have this breakdown in society. And then they're saying things like, oh my goodness, we've got people dying eight to 25 years younger from preventable lifestyle diseases. And this trend started in 1996 and it was evident before the pandemic. And we've got now top off another year and we've got to, you've got to give more diagnoses and more labels and hurt people even more. Meanwhile, it's let's let people be free to be unique, to actually lie on the ground like Einstein did and stare at the, you know, the, the, the rainbow and, and work out, you know, how relativity came together. And I'm sure your most creative moments are playing with your babies. I mean, I'm it, sure when you like. <laughs> Legos on the floor, baby. 
showers or watching my kid honestly watching my kid take a bath because he's again he's very young so i can't just be like take a bath i'll see you later you know he's two and a half plus he wants me to show me his swimming skills which result in me having to mop the floor up but that i will tell you i keep my phone nearby and not because i'm looking at reddit so well not all the time Sometimes I do. I have to, or I'll go insane. But a lot of the time, I'm listening to to, to your show. I'm um, I'm beating myself up about my show. No, but for real, I will I will get an idea from watching my kid just throw bubbles in the air or throw a toy car off of the edge of the bathtub and make a splash. And I'm like, what if I? And I, and I the lot the, the connections in my brain are a complete mystery because I'll see I'll see this little police car go splash and I'll go. I should rewrite the introduction to the show. And I'm like, what would prompt that, you know? And it's just hard to say what it is. Or my son will go, what is this? And it's this little pump that pumps water out of the bathtub and shoots it back into the bathtub so he can play with the water. And I'm like, I should put trailers at the end of my show to get people to go back to the beginning in the earlier episodes. And I'm like, this is such a crazy time of, of what is it, system... What is that called? The default mode network or yes, something? Yes, the, the, the default mode yeah. network where you let your mind wander. Right. And that's when your most creative inspiration comes from, when you, right. when you follow those ideas. It's like I showers and baths. Whenever there's water involved, basically. I should just, I, I need to get a pool in the backyard. Exactly. That's what just, just make your office a big pool and just, mm-hmm. you know, have a desk above there and then you can swim around and have all these little pipes and things going and yeah. your child can be playing around you and you can that's do right. a podcast and it'll be no, but it's true. In our default mode network is where we access our creativity. And it take you know, it takes like little I used to prescribe literally prescribe this when I was still practicing, to take two minute breaks like every thirty every thirty minutes and then to take at least a thirty minute break like every anyway, yeah. in other words, and that activates and if you direct those, you can actually find these creative ideas and that is when you with your child walking the dog doing Whatever. My most creative moments are also in the most, and not sitting behind my computer. I go mm. get the computer to actually capture all the phone, as you say, to actually, oh, that idea. Or you're watching a movie and there's a line in the movie. Ah, oh, that's it. You know, that's. Yeah. And that's the, that's the outer lane, isn't it? That's out of hustle and it's in that inner lane. So I'm sure people have written to you, but they ask me a lot of, I'm losing my creativity. I'm losing yeah. my memory. I'm losing my mind. And I think a lot of it's because of this hustle culture. It is. It is. And and when people write in about this, I tell them a few things such as track your thoughts. I know that sounds very sort of woo-woo. You've got and, some great tips. No, no, it's brilliant. It, I love it. it. A lot of I'm times when people say tips. journal or track your thoughts, I'm always like, oh, okay. I mean, I can feel the eyes rolling on the other end here, but I, I really do think this is important because if your thoughts are focused on new approaches or a new opportunity or an idea for a different kind of podcast like I had a couple weeks ago when talking with a friend, that's good. But if your thoughts are focused on, oh, Dr. Leaf is so ahead of me in her industry, look what she has, a new book, and I don't even have my first book out or whatever it is, that's not good. If you're focused on what you haven't done, what you need to be doing more of, maybe you need to sleep less, like those are toxic thoughts. Those are not good. Are your are you looking forward to things in your business? Not results, not results, the process. Are you looking forward to creating and outlining your book? Or are you like, oh, when I have a New York Times bestseller, I'm gonna email that to everybody and then I'm gonna get speaking gigs. You know, that's not what I'm talking about, right? We want to to be excited about writing the book, not just having the bestseller, the Wall Street Journal sticker on the third reprint, right? And And you don't want to have... I even see people who say, I just want to be as big as so-and-so or in the same industry as so-and-so or be mentioned in the same breath as so-and-so. That is a negative comparison that is not going to do you a lot of good. And then also, and I take a little bit of flack for this, but are your ideas realistic, practical, concrete, specific, or is it sort of like vague, I'll have a nice watch, I'll have a nice car? Like I, I work, I, a guy tried to get a job with me once and he he was like, one of my goals is to have a watch that costs as much as most people's houses. And I was like, thanks for coming in. Bye. You know, because I just thought, what a vague, nonsensical, sort of social society, class-based, materialistic aspiration that has nothing to do with what you're supposedly going to do at my company. I mean, just the door is there, buddy. Go fast, yeah. yeah. And there's a slippy slide on the way to get you out. Yes, <laughs> Just being in exactly. our water analogy. <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. A lot of us will drop anything to go and help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well, but how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? 
One of my resolutions for 2022 is to treat myself like I would my best friend. And one way I'm going to do this is to spend more time doing the things that make and bring me joy, such as walking my two puppies or reading novels in the bath. Therapy is another great way we can take care of ourselves. Indeed, you don't have to be in a crisis mode to benefit from therapy. Therapy can provide preventative and protective strategies so that when things do get tough, you'll know what to do. It's one of the best gifts you can give yourself. And this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. Cleaning up the mental mess listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash drleaf. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash drleaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. That's so true. It's the it's that and in that vein, I always think it's so important that we have the goals, but we have the possibilities mindset. And for me, that's so important with the people I work with is that yes, have that have that. You know, you're going towards something very practical, but can you deal with the possibilities of what may shift or what may not work? Are you able mm-hmm. to adapt along the way? Which then, which is not even accounted for in hustle culture because it's just like one. There's there's no room for any kind of okay. This happened. Now what do I do? How do right. I adjust? How do I deal? That's not a failure. That's actually something that I know doesn't work, to quote Thomas Edison. You know, that's that's so important to get beyond the hustle culture, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, look, hustle culture, remember, again, hustle culture not only wants you to do bad so you stay on the hook, but it also wants you to feel bad. That Again, that lack that's supposed to be under your skin, that is what's being programmed into you. So if you start to feel pessimistic, anxious, doubtful, frustrated, angry, burned out, competitive, fearful, envious, They've done their job on you, right? That's what they want you to feel. And then they bandage over it with an emotional, motivational video. I'm trying so hard not to mention specific people who do this because I don't want to cause any trouble. But like if you see the, the back to the sort of Will Smith, Morton Downey, or Robert Downey Jr. sort of clip montage, it's not them making it, right? It's some YouTuber. And then the music in the background, they try and paste over those negative fears with that. And you go, great, oh, I love this stuff, because it's taking away the pain for just a few moments, and then you continually need it. It's a Band-Aid. It's, an ad- it's almost like an addiction to that kind of thing. But in, in the meantime, their stuff is just constantly refilling you with the less than pattern and emotion so that you need what they're peddling. And remember, these people make money from selling you these things. Even if the the videos are supposedly free, they still get money from the ads that are in there. So these are their business. They are doing this to monetize your grief and your envy and your negative emotions. And that is predatory. And you should view it as such. And those emotions that you identified there, those are warning signals for people to move out. But they use those, as you said, they stick a Band-Aid and they push it down. And there's a comment that you made, and I was really excited to see that because you spoke about embrace. I think it was in your toxic positivity interview that you did with that person Mm. on toxic. But there's something, there's three things I've said for years, and that is embrace, process, and reconceptualize. And you said the word embrace. We have to embrace those negative emotions and not push them down. And you went into a whole discussion. I'm sure you do recall that. Um, um, You spoke about it a bit in this this hustle article as well but you talk about you mention about if it's if there is don't be scared of those negative emotions if those negative emotions come up it doesn't mean that you're a failure it means that you can learn something from them i don't mm-hmm. know if you recall talking a bit about that but that i, mm. I picked up on and it was well if you did it it was good it was good i was super excited to see that and it goes to the comment that you just made now about they prey on those negative emotions they just try and cover them up yes meanwhile what we need to do is say okay why are we feeling those and then go even deeper to what's the source in terms of, okay, yes. well, why did I get here in the first place and all that kind of thing? Ha, it's a little, you. It, you're, you're absolutely right. It's a little bit like an abusive relationship. And I don't want to trivialize abusive relationships. But what I mean by that is, and you hear about this with people who talk about abusive relationships that they've been in, for example, there'll be this horrible thing or maybe somebody's getting physically abused by someone, but then there's an the abuser who's, if they're a skillful manipulator, and many of the times they are because they were also abused by a skillful manipulator, they'll, they'll have that kind of like, they'll have that, yeah, it's coded in, they'll have that sort of up. So it'll be like they'll, 
smack someone and degrade someone and then they'll be like, you know, I only do this because I love you. And then, oh, you know, let's plan this getaway. Here's some flowers. You know, I'm sorry about that, but you did, what's that old saying? I, I didn't do it. And if I did, you deserved it. And if and it, like one of the, that sort of narcissism thing, the gaslighting thing. And so that's a lot of times what these, that's sort of the, the area in which a lot of these hustle motivation porn folks exist in because they are trying to make you feel less than, but then they say, I'm just trying to encourage you, man. Why do you feel bad? If you feel bad, that's on you. You better get to work. And then you work and you fail. And they're like, check this out. This is where you could be. I'm just trying to, just trying to motivate you. That's all. But Hey, look, if you're really serious about this, I'm having a camp and it's a thousand bucks and we're going to go sit in ice huts and talk about this and meditate on it. And you're going to come away with a brand new lease on life. And you're like, well, I don't want to feel this way forever. And if it's a thousand bucks and it's going to fix it, great. And then you do that for a while and you're riding high and then you slip back down into it and they've they're you're in their funnel and it's very deliberate. And I know that a lot of people go, Oh, Jordan, you're overthinking this. Some motivational videos are just that way. I know some of these people who run these things. This is very conscious. Like I've, I've known some of these people for years and they will say, what we need to do is show people what they can be, but make it impossible for them to reach that. But it doesn't matter anyway. And we're just going to take some stock footage of this and this and this, and then we're going to sell them this. And as soon as they're down in this and they're halfway through the sales video, we're going to give them a discount here to make them feel like they have to have it. And I'm like, this is it's almost like watching big tobacco go, well, we know cigarettes are addicting and we're going to lie about it. How do we make them more addicting? Because if we're, if we're going to get in trouble for it, we might as well make a lot of money in the meantime. Right. Yeah, it is. It's this complete misinformation, misleading. Yeah. And that's with and, and just confusing for people in general. And it kind of, I know this is, it's related. It's almost related. It kind of is related. The concept of the law of attraction and the secret that was so prominent a few years oh, yeah. ago. It kind of also blends in with all of these things because sure. I, some of the, people that we're talking about that we're not mentioning names and things yeah there is there, those principles are coming to coming to play you know that there's it, it, i know these these people are mentored but they mentor each other and there's this whole thing of you can just you know you can attract that to yourself if you just write down it's not realistic because they yeah. happen to be they got the money that they've got because of the people that have been sucked into the system Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you know the the one famous case. Again, people can Google this. They don't need to hear it from us. But there's a very famous case where one of these big law attraction guys, a bunch of people died at a retreat that he was doing because he was doing a sweat lodge or something like that. And he ended up in prison. And I remember, I remember thinking, is anybody going to ask him if he just didn't visualize not going to prison hard enough because that's what his explanation for is that good things happen to good people who do the right thing and manifest, you manifest everything in your life, the good and the bad. And this guy went to prison for manslaughter. So like, hey man, maybe your visualization game was a little off and your manifestation game needs a little bit of work if that's where you ended up. Exactly. So, There's a whole podcast on that. I, I listened to that. It was horrific. I mean, and yeah, that's what, just that was a Wondery Wondery, yes, Wondery produced and it was what excellent. Was it and it, I'm going to find it. Yeah, I'm going to find it while you really, say the next few sentences. Yeah, that was really, it's really a worthwhile one. And I'm glad you brought that up because it is, it's not that we're telling people to be negative. Like you also talk about positive thinking, but we talk about it, not the the way it's been distorted into this. I think one positive thought, the cancer goes away. I think one, it's not, mm-hmm. it's a whole mindset shift. It's a whole de- deliberate little day by day yes. thing of change. I mean, I've studied the rewiring of the brain to change habits and things and it takes cycles of 63 days it doesn't take five minutes or 10 affirmations or you know one thousand dollar sweat lodge desk camp thing it's a lot more involved and 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 it's there's the the failure is not failure it's all part of that process which is not what's being told to these people and the different levels of success but people are buying into this as you say it appeals to the dream It, it appeals to the dream it's also much simpler because you can deliver the same cookie cutter approach to everyone, right? If I, because, well, look, you, you've you've had patients where you say, tell me all these things that are going on in your life, tell me all these problems that you're having, tell me all these goals that you have. You can't do that in a YouTube video that a thousand people or 10,000 people are watching. So you have to have, every, all the edges are smoothed out and all you have is this blob that kind of vaguely applies to everyone who's willing to sit there and watch this 10 minute video. Right, you can't create a custom solution that's going to be effective. 
So what you have to do is sell people on the idea that your generic nonsense is actually effective instead. And by the way, that podcast is called Guru, and it's from Wondery, and it's it's about the guy who ended up accidentally killing these these poor people. People at the, in the sweat lodge that were like dying, and he's saying, lodge. stay there and push through, you'll get through this, push through. You know, man, I push. It was terrible. It's actually, yeah. you, I listen to this thing thinking, I mean, I, I do steam baths all the time. And every it time. It made me scared to go in the steam <laughs> no, room. Every, for, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, we were just the other day, my kids and I were just were in the steam room. We said, oh gosh, this is reminding of, of that exact podcast. Yeah. You know, and how could those people look? Because it was getting so hot and we couldn't wait to get out. Thinking, how do these people do 30, 40 minutes in there? They were oh going 60 minutes. And, you know, that was just, and it was all this appealing to that concept. Jordan, yeah. this is amazing. Okay, so you speak in your in your blog about how people can manage this. And you talked about the thoughts, and then you also talk about feelings, and you talk about patterns. So you have a whole bunch towards the end of this podcast. You have a whole bunch of great ideas. I'm just scrolling mm-hmm. down here, how to break out of the culture. I think it would be great just to sort of wrap up this conversation with, with tips for people to guide them. Where did it start here? Sure. So we talked, I talked earlier about taking stock of your thoughts. You know, are they negative? Are they forward-facing, et cetera? Are they realistic? I kind of went over that. And of course, when people, they can look at the article that hopefully you'll link, but if not... Yes, I will. And I'll link it. I'll definitely great. link it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. If people just Google Jordan Harbinger, which, you know, H-A-R-B-I-N-G-R, and then hustle culture, it's got to be the first result, or at least it was for me. And then also taking stock of your feelings as I mentioned earlier, I think if you feel anxious or, or envious and things like that, but also studying your patterns, right? Are, it, this is, has been really important for me. I'm just scrolling. Me. I am listening. I'm no, just scrolling because I, 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 I want to follow, I want to follow it so that I get things because you had some great things and I wanted to make sure that I ask you all of those. Okay. Keep going I, while I scroll. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Looking at patterns, like, are you actually making measurable progress or is it just sort of this vague feeling of progress that you're getting and mostly you're getting that from the person who's pretending to mentor you for a thousand dollars a month right are you actually making progress would you say that your fulfillment is going up is your impact going up is your income going up if that's one of your metrics right or are you stuck are you lost have you gone backwards like you really do need to study these types of patterns in your life? Do you feel that the self-help, for lack of a better word, the hustle culture stuff that you're consuming, do you find it additive? Do you find it insightful and supportive? Or every time you put it down, do you feel like you have homework that you're never going to be able to accomplish and you have no roadmap to do that? So basically, has hustling and grinding actually gotten you anywhere or are you just treading water slash digging yourself into a deeper hole that makes you feel worse and worse? And, And this all sort of culminates in the idea that you should create your own values. And this is direct from the article, but hustle culture implicitly preaches a handful of principles like we discussed before, right? The answer to all of life's problems is more work. Working yourself to the bone is good. It's the only way to get material wealth, which is the only thing that's worthwhile. And competing in a crazy, unhealthy way with everyone else around you is for some reason healthy or at least normal. And you should sacrifice everything for your labor, including your relationships and maybe even your mental and physical well-being. Bath time with your son. Yeah, bath time with your kid. No, you're doing Twitter DMs instead of having a, a bath with your kid, right? Like, that's what this would, that hustle culture would tell you. And those principles are simplistic. They're They're obviously flawed for the reasons we discussed. And they're very rarely acknowledged openly, except in conversations like you and I are having right now. So you really have to create your own values. And then when you do that, like family first, and you actually, or health first, and then you get a trainer and you start eating right and you start being done at 5.30 p.m. because you are taking care of your kids and watching cartoons with them and giving them a bath, that would reflect the value that you think, in theory, you know, for me, that you think is the most important thing in life and where you want to spend your time. And the reason that you're working is to provide for your kids. They need you now, not in 20 years when they need money and hopefully this is going to get them. So you have to balance that. And creating your own values will help you, especially if you have strong values. It's like religion, right? If you create strong values or you have strong values because you're in a religious group or you have a good family background or both, some combination thereof, it's harder for outside values to come and sneak in there. There's a reason, and I'm I'm not religious, but there's a reason the Bible says, These are the values you should have. They tried everything else, right? This is not the first day on earth. They had tried everything else and they were like, look, we saw people screwing things up when they were doing, pursuing all these different things. That's why we have parables of like 
Sodom and Gomorrah and things like that and the Good Samaritan because it's like, well, these are people that had bad values and these are people that had good ones. We want our society to have good values. That's not just for controlling people in a kingdom that, you know, from thousands of years ago. It's about life principles because these are, it's in theory, it's based on wisdom. Some of the stuff in there is crazy. I'm not going to stone anyone to death. But like, but like the principles are there in order to, at least the effort was, let's not get our people scammed by people who are selling them a bill of goods, right? And there's a reason that, and again, I'm not religious, but there's a reason that, I don't know if you know that what, Jesus like whipped people around the temple who were selling trinkets and trying to get people to buy things. Conning people, yeah, yeah. exactly. There's a reason. I mean, the, like con artists and hustle culture goes back to the Old Testament. Like this is nothing new. People have been trying to sell you the idea that their values are better since the beginning of the written word, probably even before then. And the having your own values is what you can, it's the antidote to it, but it's just not as easy because of course it, it involves boundaries and enforcing boundaries and breaking bad habits, which is kind of your special. How often do you wake up in the morning and instantly wish you had another hour of sleep? You hit the snooze button and hope the next time your alarm goes off, you'll feel more, feel more energized. Wouldn't you like to simply flick a switch and turn on your brain within 10 minutes of waking up in the morning and be totally engaged, focused, upbeat and productive, no matter what gets thrown at you? I've personally experienced this over the past few months since trying Newtopia from BioOptimizers. Newtopia is one of the most advanced brain support supplements I've ever tried. If you've never heard of nootropics or brain supplements, don't worry. They've been around for a long time and are safe, legal, and used by millions of top performers around the world to enhance mental performance. It's safe, natural, and non-addictive. And you can choose blends that don't have caffeine if you're caffeine-sensitive. Plus, BioOptimizers also stands by their products with a 365-day money-back guarantee. Just go to nootopia.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and enter the coupon code Dr. Leaf 10 for an extra 10% off your order and experience your best mood and mental performance with personalized nootropics. That's nootopia.com forward slash Dr. Leaf with the coupon code Dr. Leaf 10 at checkout. The link and details will be in the show notes. On that note, it's like we have this whole social media culture that's saying put boundaries up and then we have this yeah. other voice saying no boundaries. You yeah. know, is it a wonder that people are feeling a little bit confused? So this is why yeah. we need to kind of unpack things for people. And that's why I like the way you put those things together because, you know, the, the values and the thoughts, the patterns, because that's really how your brain is working as well. It's your mind-brain thing. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And you also have one more little thing, I think, down there. Cutting out the toxic content. That's it. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is this is relatively simple, but a lot of folks are kind of addicted to productivity, porn, motivation, content, whatever you want to call it, rise and grind stuff. You want a different kind of information diet. If you're listening to, look, this podcast, and I'd like to think the Jordan Harbinger show are podcasts that are good for you, but if you're also listening to stuff that's bad for you, unsubscribe from those channels. You know, toss toss a book out that has been staring at you on the shelf that makes you feel bad every time you look at it because you know what's in it is some impossible to follow diet or some sort of other plan that's going to make you feel awful. Get rid of that website bookmark from your browser that's like this thing that's driving you crazy or that tempts you to watch the latest and greatest thing. If you find it hard to avoid, because the algorithm in the filter will keep serving it to you because you've clicked on it a million times before, you may have to create a new YouTube account that doesn't serve that stuff up to you. And I even myself, who I consider myself relatively well-disciplined, I block people that I know who serve this stuff. And some of that's difficult, right, because it's my industry, but I'm like, oh, this person drives me crazy. I don't even want to see his stuff. So I will mute people and block people who are serving that. It's worth drawing this boundary and enforcing it because if you don't see it, you don't have to resist it. And once you get rid of a lot of this stuff, it's like... When I first started to lose a little bit of weight, I was like, how am I going to lose weight without being hungry? Well, when you cut out a lot of the junk, most of it, in fact, you're hungry and you're willing to eat healthy food and it's not hard. And then when you eat healthy food, you're full. And then when you turn around, there's not a bag of Cheetos waiting for you. It's a, it's liberating, right? It's, it's easier to make the right choices because it's not sitting on the shelf right at eye level so to speak. You empowered yourself. You empowered yourself to take control. Yeah. And what's such an interesting principle there is that the basic, whatever you focus on the most grows in your brain. 
So and with your mind, because your mind is what you use to grow the stuff in your brain. So if you mm-hmm. keep looking at that same thing, then it's activating and growing more and more. And that's where your energy is going. And because it's so toxic, it drains every part of you and all the things we've been speaking about. But when you deliberately and intentionally do what you do, you're actually now taking that, you're destabilizing that, that driving force in your brain. You're recoding. You're editing the code. And that's, you know, the code of the wiring in your brain. I'm using computer analogy because people can relate to that. Sure. But yeah. you're literally doing that. So that's what you, that's what, what Jordan's basically explaining to those people that know my language of the science on here is that you are actually editing the wiring in your brain by cutting off what you're focusing on. Because every time you look at that YouTube video, you've just given it more mm-hmm. energy and it's pulled up more thoughts. So you've got this whole bunch and sadness breeds sadness. Negativity breeds negativity, you know, and over time that becomes even stronger. So this is extremely excellent advice to cut out the toxic content. That's why I really wanted to hit that. Did we cover all of that? Did you want to say more about that, Jordan? No, I I think, look, the stuff can sneak back into your life, so just be aware of that. But really, high-quality resources like this podcast and, and many, thankfully, most podcasts that I know of that are sort of highly rated are pretty good about this because it's... And I'm biased, but I feel like you need to be a little bit more intelligent to create a high quality hour long conversation than you do to create a five minute YouTube video. That's other people's stuff with music in the background. Now, I'm I'm not trying to negate all YouTubers, but it's just easier to find high quality conversations and teachers in podcasting and in books than it is on a lot of the social media platforms. So just be aware of that. And if that means you don't look at TikTok for a couple of weeks while you you kind of let your brain rewire and rest. That's fine. I'm sure the company will survive without the handful of us that want to execute on that, right? Exactly. And then in that two weeks that you've taken that hiatus, watch the creativity. Watch the mm-hmm. things that just burst through and come out and suddenly these visions and dreams become some realities. You know, that process, that passion, that thing that drives you is something that I always say is that this to people is that there's something you can do that no one else can do. And that is a pure and utter fact. So if you weren't doing what you're doing, Jordan, and I wasn't doing what I'm doing. The world actually suffers, and that goes for everyone else because I cannot do what you do, and you can't do what I do, and vice versa. And and if we are being controlled by a recipe or a program or a this is how you've got to be in the highway, you've got to get in your own lane. The world actually suffers, and we see that. We see the you know the people don't think as deeply, so people fight more, and people don't trust other. You know, there's that whole we can get really philosophical. So it's vitally important to have these discussions and. I just want to thank you for the depth that you go into in your podcast, which is seriously one of my favorite podcasts. I love listening to you. I appreciate that. And your content and your blogs. And, and I appreciate this conversation. It's been outstanding. And I hope we can do it again soon and take these so many topics that you and I can dive into. And I encourage everyone to, to follow Jordan and listen to his podcast. Where can they get hold of you and find you? Sure. Yeah. JordanHarbinger.com is the website where the article is, but the Jordan Harbinger show is my podcast. It's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N-G-E-R. I don't have a charming accent like you do, but you know, I'd like to think I make up for it in other ways. And I would love to hear some new people find a, find us as a result of the show. Absolutely. We'll put those links in the show notes. And now it's definitely time for you to go bath your two-year-old right. and see your baby. It's time. That's right. I'm sure they're already knocking on the door. I was waiting to see a little face coming through. You there. know, it's very possible that that there's somebody waiting with a little Hot Wheels car right outside. I, I can't hear him because of the headphones, but it's about this time where he's he either wants to go in his inflatable bouncy house thing or he wants me to go play with some sort of toy that requires me to put it together. <laughs> it's so cute. They actually, they literally like edible. They're just so cute. You want to kiss yeah. them at this age. So go and enjoy every moment because they grow so quickly. And one day you'll tell me you've got your daughter and your son. And if you have any more children That's in the right. business with you, like I have three of my four kids. I'm looking for forward me. to that. I'm, I, to, I joke with my wife all the time. I'm like, we got to teach him how to edit audio and edit video as soon as he's old enough. You know, it's funny. The, the other day, it, this is such a parenting thing. The other day, I stepped on a Lego, and you know how bad that hurts, right? I mean, you've, it's especially at like four o'clock in the morning, you're going to the bathroom and you're like, ah. So I stepped on a Lego, and my first thought was, I'm officially, this is like dad mode unlocked. Like, this is my first Lego, midnight Lego, and I am very excited about it. And it really hurt. It was, I but it was, love that. It really hurt, but it was yeah. so worth every moment of that pain, right. wasn't it? That's right. It was like, this is what this is the stuff people are talking about. Those midnight, those 4 a.m. Legos, man. Right in the They're pa- worth right the it. The pain's worth the it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, go and enjoy your, your time with your son, and hopefully tonight you won't have another Lego experience, but hopefully you enjoyed not. it yeah. anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so I really good speaking it. to you. Thank you, you so much. Take care. 
I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.